Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vialva, and I am an extreme extrovert. For those who listened to my last podcast, I just got done with my assessment, my alcohol dependency assessment, and I gave everybody a little overview about um, what they ask you and, you know, how it goes. Lots of questions and I don't know. Um, I did receive a few emails saying like, oh, how was your overall feeling? How do you feel now? And I feel ready. I feel good. I feel accomplished. And hopefully, I don't know, hopefully therapy will help with all those um, new emotions that come with sobriety. It's kind of interesting because I feel like when you do something new for the first time, there's always that feeling of uncertainty, even if you want to do something. Like, for example, let me give you an example. When I was in seventh grade, I started swimming. I did synchronized swimming for the University of Minnesota. I, I went and competed in the state competition and it was my dream. It was my uh, ambitions. It was something I worked for. And I remember seeing this huge diving board. Okay. It was 10 meters high. A 10 meter. And a regular diving board is usually like the 3 meters, 7 meter. 7 meters is pretty high. But like, you know, 1 meter is where you'll probably, you know, start when you first start doing flips and shit off the diving board. I took one of those classes, you know, it was like beginning springboard diving. And I was like, oh, beginning springboard diving. This can't be that hard. (laughs) Oh, man. It was actually one of the hardest classes I ever took in college. And... In this class, you learned how to do a backflip off the diving board, forward flip, like, going all sorts of ways. And one of the tasks was to go off the 10 meter, right? And ever since I was in 7th grade uh, competing in state, I would look at the 10 meter and I would be like, one day I'm going to jump off that diving board. Because it was huge, it was, like, tall. And I was like, man... You know, someone's got to have balls to jump off that diving board. So, when I got the opportunity, I was sitting there in the springboard diving class. And she was like, my instructor, the instructor was like, everyone is going to jump off this 10 meter diving board. Why? Because it will, you know, eliminate, theoretically, eliminate the fear of heights. Which is crazy because I have to admit I actually had not been afraid of heights since then. But when I was walking up the stairs to this tall ass freaking diving board, I could feel my heart. Like my heart was just like racing and I had that instinctual feeling. We know when you like are like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then when you get to the top. You're like, oh, what was I thinking? What am I doing? And I just remember feeling 
utterly terrified. I was at the top, and I was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. I think this was a stupid ambition. I think this is the dumbest thing I ever thought I was going to do. And for this class, it at the time, it was required. It was, it was re- required to participate. And that was our task for the date, is just to jump off as simply as you can and as safely as you can. You know, the pencil dive, where you just do feet first, you can cross your hands over your chest, or put your arms out, or put your arms to your sides. You know, just be careful that you, you know, land feet first in the right way so that you don't hurt yourself. And I was like, you know, I have been dreaming of this moment since seventh grade. I cannot back down from this moment now. As terrified as I was, I was like, I cannot stop now. And that's how I kind of feel with sobriety. I work towards it, I work towards it, I work towards it, and now that it's happening, I have that tiny bit of fear. Like, shit, what am I doing? And it's a little different than jumping off the diving board. The jumping off the diving board, I just closed my eyes, didn't leap. I took a big ass leap, and I held, and I really hoped for the best. Did I conquer my fear? Oh yeah. Am I terrified of heights now because of that feeling? I swear to God, when I went off that 10 meter, I closed my eyes and the scariest thing was like when you were free falling, I opened my eyes and I was still falling. That's the worst feeling. When you think that you're going to hit the water and there's no water, there's still air. And I was like, oh shit. I, I thought I was about to have a heart attack. I panicked. And I did not land the way that you were supposed to land. Uh, <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. I just, um, <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, I survived. It's it's funny now because it's stupid, like, how terrified I was. And I got a big welt on my leg because of landing on the water so terribly But I had accomplished something I really wanted to do. I had dreamt of it. I had boasted about it. And I had to do it. And so, luckily for sobriety, I won't be getting any welts on my body for landing wrong. But I guess, in a way, I am kind of taking a leap. Because I don't really know what to expect. I don't know what kind of mistakes I'm going to make or... um, how successful I will be, but I, I don't know. I'm ready. I'm not ready, but I'm ready, if that makes sense. You're scared, but you're gotta do it kind of thing. Anyway, so one thing that I realized about myself is that I am quite the perfectionist. When I was trying um, to find hobbies, because my last podcast, I was like, you know what, I'm going to find hobbies, because that's that's a new thing to do, right? And 
it's very interesting what some people call hobbies. Because some things that you really don't think are hobbies are actual hobbies. Like me, like working, I work a lot. And like even on my free time and on my days off, I'm like, huh, maybe I should pick up a shift. Is that a fun hobby? Absolutely not. It's not a fun hobby, but it's a productive one. Or, like, even going home and, like, being lazy. Like, once these cold weather, like, in Minneapolis sits, it's going to be incredibly hard to travel around besides work. Even the gym is going to be hard because it's icy, it's cold. All you want to do is lay down in your bed. Is that a healthy hobby? Eh, probs not. But it's a hobby that I find myself falling into in the wintertime. So I gotta get active. I think it's important. It's important to stay active. Get, keep your brain active and stuff. It's easier said than done. I also mentioned in a past past podcast that um, I was throwing a party. A 30 flirty and thriving party. And frankly, I'm excited. I'm excited. I got all the gifts wrapped with adult-like oriented um, wrapping paper. You know when you go to the sex store and you see all these things that are like, like, present wrapping paper and like bags that have like all these provocative imagery on there. And you're like, man, when am I ever going to use this? Ha! Now I am. And I'm like, so happy. I It's childish. I I feel a childish sense of excitement throwing this party and I'm just very excited about it in general and I finished up like all the party favors the party favors were really tough to like figure out exactly what to do for an adult like oriented party but not to include like little small drinks or like something like that that was a little tricky but I worked something out. I got like little glasses um, that people can take home. And yeah, it was great. Uh, one of my friends actually made a suggestion about, you know, finding like little like pens and like random knickknacky things. And the theme is like pink and purple. So I actually did take some of their advice. I was like, you know, Adults are not going to like crayons. Adults are not going to like these stupid shit. You know, like, knick-knacky things. But I did actually find a few that I actually thought really fit the theme. And I frankly just went to the dollar store. I live in Minneapolis. I, um, in a place that doesn't really have a lot of commercial... Uh, Stores. I'm not saying Minneapolis doesn't have commercial stores. They do. But the place that I specifically live is a little bit more bougie. So they have less, like, Walgreens. There's no Walgreens by me. No Goodwill. No Target. Well, they have a small Target. Like a kiosk Target. Like a tiny little mini Target. 
there's no, like, Kmart, Culver's, none of that, like, stuff that you'd really see in the suburbs. And so, I'm, when I walk around my place that I live on the west side of Badei Makaska, there's a lot of little shops, like, thrifty, bougie, sometimes pretty expensive places, too. And so I kind of have to bust a little ways around or drive around if I ever want to go to, like, a Dollar Tree or something. And so when I was, you know, catching a ride with a friend and found out that I had a Dollar Tree, I was surprised to have this kind, like, this particular store so close to me in driving distance. It was, like, nine minutes away from my house. And I was like, what? I didn't even know that they had these kind of places in uptown, you know? It's it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of fun to go back there. It kind of brought me back to, like, my childhood a little bit because I feel like Dollar Tree is the kind of place that you go when you're, like, 15 and you have, like, disposable income that's like 20 bucks and you're like ooh man I'm so rich I'm gonna buy all these candies and all these cool things at the Dollar Tree (laughs) like I just remember being a child and my grandfather my grandfather my grandfather oh my god (laughs) I can't talk my grandfather my grandpa and fa- grandfather at the same time. Oh my god, I can't. That was horrible. <laughs> anyway, but my grandpa, he gave me a hundred dollars this one time for a birthday or whatever. And I was like, oh shit, look at me, I'm rich. I'm gonna like go and spend it on some cool shit. Probably spent it on some like art supplies or something. And I don't know, it, it was just very interesting. It was a interesting throwback. Today was actually quite a bit of throwbacks, actually. I met a friend at Applebee's, which I never eat at Applebee's. Because there are no Applebee's in Uptown. There's no place like that near me in my house. And I don't really like big like, chain restaurants. I tend not to go for those kind of restaurants. I like restaurants that are small, like, small businesses, local. Oh, man. This one restaurant was the dopest restaurant ever. It used to be at, on University, on the East U of M, yeah, East Bank of the U of M on the, on that area. And it was called Green Spoon. And it was a Korean and American immersion restaurant. This guy, he's from, like, Thailand, actually, which is crazy. But he was, like, I don't know, his mom or dad, I can't remember, had some kind of Korean descent. So he, like, was aware of his Korean culture. And he took that and had, you know put it into this restaurant and it was freaking amazing it was my most favorite restaurant I've ever gone to it was called Green Spoon 
they had kimchi fries, they had like bagogi and bimbap and like all these really tasty delicious foods. They even had like like barbecue Korean wraps. It was bizarre, but it was delicious. And of course they closed down because not because of COVID, but because the guy just you know, he wanted to go back home and his home wasn't there. So sold the business and that was that. And I just love restaurants like that. I love little like one place restaurants. So you can only go here. Another really good restaurant that I used to go to was Tofu House. Tofu House was on the U of M campus also. If I if you haven't known already, I did attend the University of Minnesota back in uh, 2011 and I loved this place. This place was the smallest. It looked like a little small house and they had plastic all around their windows. They had windows. Who knows why they put the plastics up? Who knows why? But it was like really small place and you go in there and you'd open the door and of course the bell would ring and be like ding 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 and then the Korean guy would say ah something. I don't remember what he said because you'd be speaking in Korean talking to you know his wife and this couple like owned this little restaurant and they would just be yelling in the kitchen like pointing at you like sit there sit there sit there and you're like okay can you grab a menu and sit down and this place was like a sauna but in a in a good way it wasn't like a sweaty sauna where you're like you know sitting by like some brando sweating their balls off no it was like <laughs> it was like a delicious warm hot like house and like the tarp like the plastic on the windows like made it seem like a foggy like steam room but it wasn't that hot it just seemed like it and they only served like five things on the menu they had bibimbap which is like a korean it's like in a hot pot thing like a hot thing (laughs) and they serve it that way and it's rice and sometimes it's like you know meat veggies you could kind of choose what you wanted in your like hot pot and then they would serve this really good tofu and y'all I am picky with tofu and I loved this place the tofu was bomb it was spicy it was warm it was soft it was just the perfect mixture of everything and in the winter time it was like dopest thing like this hot spicy ass tofu soup would get your like fever just eliminated any sickness any cold flu that you had would be eliminated by this hot soup I kid you not and it was just a great place I'm not sure if it's still there but that place was just a hidden gem Tofu house and um, green spoon. <sighs> I just love like exploring like places that are kind of word of mouth. Like Volstead's. If anyone's been to Volstead's in Minneapolis, it's kind of a place that you don't really know where it is. It's in the middle of an alley, and you kind of walk over there, and the only time you really know that it's open is because there's this red light that blinks on there 
and you knock on the door and, you know, this guy, you only can see his eyes. He, like, opens the little slit and he's like, what do you want? He doesn't say it like that. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's like, you know, hello or whatever. And you tell him, you know, the code or what you're doing and he lets you in and you go through the basement and there's this like little, you know, prohibition bar. It's really cute and I absolutely love that place too. I wonder if after COVID or like, you know, now, I guess, 20. 2021-2022, I wonder if Minneapolis will start growing in businesses or if it will be a ghost town. That's what I'm just concerned at because I absolutely love all the hidden gems and all the little things that you can find in Minneapolis and it would really sadden me if all those businesses shut down and Minneapolis was a ghost town of nothing. I don't think that that will happen, but, you know, sometimes it seems that way. Sometimes it seems like, you know, when you walk down the street and everything's boarded up. Everything's boarded up in Minneapolis just because of um, safety and, you know, people like to protest. And police don't like protesters. Even if you're the most peaceful person, you could have been, like... Gandhi, like, well, Gandhi was okay. He he did some good things. He also did some bad things. He was only a man. But you could be the holiest... The point is, you could have been the holiest person in the whole damn world just standing in the street holding a sign and the cops would probably just mace your ass for doing nothing. I don't know why. They, they just really want control. So I think it's the boarding up is just for safety. For everybody. <laughs> but it does definitely give off a different feel. You know? Because I remember in the summer, like, walking around and seeing all the shops. Window shopping. And everything was just open. Everything just seemed normal. And now, it's just different. Biden, however, is president. And for me, that is a relief. I respect anybody else that has different political beliefs. However, I think that the turnout for this election is definitely a positive one and for the favor of most people, if not most all Americans, because Donald Trump, he's biased. He's not... He's not aware of politics. He doesn't know politics. He is a a celebrity. And I feel bad because Donald Trump really fucked it for celebrities. He really did because there has been celebrities that have run as politicians before. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which he was like a he was a governor before too but like after Donald like uh uh-uh like no offense but if any other celebrity ever wants to be president I am not voting for them and I hate that I hate to say that but 
it's so commercial. It seems so... Ugh, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't settle in my mouth. And this celebrity... I have nothing against celebrities. You know, but if... Ugh, if you're just a celebrity and you have money and you did not graduate with no a law degree, I am sorry, but I am not voting for you for president. I'm sorry. I do not care how smart you are. I don't care how in tuned with my beliefs you are. If you're not educated in law, uh-uh. I am sorry, but no, no, thank you. Uh-uh. <laughs> but I'm not going to get too political with that, y'all. Mm-mm. I'm I'm taking a break from these politics for a little while. I had so much anxiety watching as much as everyone else did. And so much anxiety watching all the numbers come in. Oof. But I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that it turned out as it did. And some of the states I was surprised at. You probably have heard this over and over and over again. But some like states really turned out. And I'm happy. I'm just surprised. I'm, well, I shouldn't really be that surprised because <laughs> Donald was, ugh. but I don't know. It was a pleasant, pleasant experience at the end, knowing that, you know, we won't have to deal with a particular individual. Anyway, so there will be snow tomorrow in Minneapolis. And a lot of people like to complain about the snow. That's the thing about being a Minnesotan. You go and you're like, oh man, the weather's so cold outside. Or you're like, ooh, it's a cold one. Oh man, it's rough out there. But year after year, you don't move. Because why? Because it's your home. And (laughs) And there's kind of a sense of unity when the snow comes. The thing that I do like about the snow is that it seems to bring less crime. Not always. You can still get jumped in the snow. But it just doesn't seem as common. And when it's cold outside and everyone tends to stay inside, people start to not get into too much trouble. So that is why I do like the snow, because it just makes the year seem more safe. You know? Like, if a motherfucker came up to me and threw snow in my face and grabbed my wallet, that would be something new. Like, I would be like, wow, this is this is really turning out to be some kind of different kind of shady, because I've never been jumped in the snow. I never even really, like experienced anything bad when the snow falls on the floor most people are just at the bus stop freezing their asses off and i don't know the shadiest of figures like honestly and when i say shady i don't mean anybody in particular but you know you're walking down the street or downtown minneapolis there might be someone like tripping on some drug talking to themselves and you know you you might be a little concerned you know you don't know if they need some money if they're hungry and you're like oh you know what what's something that they want for me but in the snow people don't really tend to fuck around with you that much 
like, I don't even get hit on that much in the winter time. <laughs> when you're like, when you're traveling around with your big old snow pants. I'm not saying it never happened, but it doesn't happen as often. Like, in the summertime, people holler at you all the time. You're at the bus stop and someone's like, hey, hey mama, where are you going? Do you have a boyfriend? You know, but when you haul your, you know, yourself with your snow pants and your hat, you you might get one or two people, but it's not really that common. Most people kind of mind their business. They most people just kind of mind their own damn business so their toes don't freeze off. They're focusing on like trying to get their self at home, like trying to get home and be warm. So I don't know. I'm. I actually really don't mind the winter time. Periodically, I've thought of like, hey, maybe I should retire to a warmer state, or maybe I should just go to a warmer state. But I don't know. Never. I never have gotten to that point. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. Well, Minneapolis. I personally have to go to sleep. It is almost time for bed for me. But I hope that everyone enjoys our first snowfall tomorrow. It might be something else. People are going to forget to drive and that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. People are going to be frustrated. Just, you know, same old things every year. But that's what we love about it. And all the other cities in the world that don't experience snow. Y'all should experience it once. Just once. And then, you know, let me know what you think of it. Of, of it. It's interesting because I've had friends from um, warmer climates that come here and they're like, Oh, the snow is so beautiful. Like, it's so nice. It's so, well, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice now. <laughs> It's nice now until we get, you know, to the point where it's like negative 35 degrees. Then you'll see how fucking nice it is then. (laughs) Anyway, but I gotta get to bed. I hope everyone continues to be safe and has a wonderful day tomorrow. Whatever you have planned, you know, enjoy rest, relax, find some time for yourself. Tell someone they you love that you love them. Maybe do some self-care and safest 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 of travels. <laughs>